0: Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Uh, apologies about that start there. I don't know what happened, but I said I wanted to jump on here because Nicola Zaniolo has signed and he is an Aston Villa football player. And I am wanted to, to to mark the occasion because in recent times, I think I've not come across a player who's, ha- who's created as much discourse in his signing. Um some people are for it. Some people are against it. Some people are focusing on the injuries. Some people are focusing on the perceived off field issues and so on. So I wanted to come on and I wanted to to, to tie a bow in the whole situation here. Um, there's been a lot of conjecture over the last few days. Um, people have said that this might be a panic signing. There was rumors abound over the last few days that medicals were failed and so on. So <clears throat> I wanted to just talk about it all in one kind of final podcast to do with the signing of his because we've done quite a lot of these already. I think we've done three already, but it is important to wrap this one up in a bow, I think, because I'm excited uh, that he signed for Aston Villa from what I've seen from him. The talent is certainly there. And um, yes, he will need some time to bed into the league. Um, and I think he's coming to a club with the perfect manager that can screw anybody's head on and, um, and can maybe get them to knuckle down and to play within a system And uh, you know this guy was one of the golden kids of of Italian football. Injuries have have uh, curtailed his development, but prior to injury, he was you know an absolute colossus. And if you listen to the podcast they did with Nima from the Italian football podcast, you'll know that he was uh, on a trajectory. He was on a rocket to the moon. To be honest with you, regards to his um, his his status. was uh, was high more highly thought of than people like Federico Chiesa uh, and other people of his ilk at that time, um, or his age, should I say, within the Italian structure. So, if we can rekindle even 90% of, of what this guy has or what this guy had throughout the course of the years, then um, it's great business for Aston Villa, and I think Villa have done this in a way whereby they have protected themselves as well. Uh, the full details like details have been have come out already but the full details will come out in the wash over the next few days so not going to reference prices or anything like that with regards to this because we often find out that they were different a day or two later so um just talking about this as well i, I want to get on to over the last few days there's been conjecture about the about the medicals the medical situation here that he failed the medical or those concerns over his medical and um I know somebody who has been involved in football transfers and um, he knows the ins and outs of football transfers and um, I reached out to him and I asked him what's the situation here because to me it seems pretty plausible that somebody could have a medical over two days and that is the case the, a lot of players will have a medical like 80 80. Percent of transfers will will have a dual part medical. It just depends on what time you start the medical at. A lot of the times, if you start it early in the morning, you can do do both parts of the medicals. If certain consultants are available to do, to to look at some certain some scan results, then you can do them all. You, you could essentially have it all done in three hours. But um he said what tends to happen is specifically for players who've got a big injury history or a long injury history or somebody who's who's done their knee twice in a short space of time or broken their leg twice or or has bad ankle injuries or ripped the the hamstring off the bone twice during their career the people want to do their due diligence and they and the the, the medical would be done in two parts where the first part of the medical would be you know your your standard cardiovascular stuff or whatever the case may be. And there would be obviously some scans that would be done then. And then depending on when you can get access to a DEXA scan, you might be getting to get in and get those scans done for, for bone structure, density, all that kind of stuff. He said, depending on what the club want to know about him, or what the doctors want to know about him, it, it, the, the scans could delay the medical slightly. <clears throat> now, also, As I mentioned, you need to have consultants available because when all those scan results come back and that's where the second day can come in, you know, the second day players are often brought back. There's slight stress testing or stress test analysis done on on, on parts of their body. And then uh, a doctor, the club doctors would look over the results, but then the club doctors would oftentimes get a secondary set of eyes in. So maybe other consultants come in, take a look at the results and give their opinion on it as well. So you're at the mercy of when those people are available too. So just because somebody comes in and does a medical on a Tuesday, maybe it isn't, or a Wednesday, and maybe it isn't uh, announced until a Friday, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with a medical. Um, I just wanted to talk about that. I just wanted to mention it because you know uh, it was a bound that um that there was an issue, and there may very well have been issues with the medical because they went to the second opinion. And the second opinion said I wouldn't worry about that, and and that may very well be the case, but um we will never know or maybe we will only know when the club release it, if the club release it at all. So um, he has signed. Um, the the Everything is checked out from a medical point of view, and and he's now an Aston Villa football player. And the second point that I wanted to kind of uh, address is that when this initially broke, it was almost tied to the Emmy Buendia injury. And a lot of people online had mentioned that, oh, potentially, this is a panic signing. And I don't buy that. I don't agree with it. Uh, it could have expedited us looking at this player or wanting to look at this player. Maybe we were okay with letting this one go down to the to the transfer window deadline, and uh, maybe we are playing hardball on pricing and stuff like that. Maybe we we thought that maybe Galatasaray wanted to turn a quick buck on it. Maybe it gave us more time to look over um certain bits and pieces with him. But I think that uh, our discussed bits and pieces with his agents and 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 his uh, his entourage. But I think with this one, if you would entertain my, my theory on this one, I don't think it's a panic signing. And the reason I don't think it's a panic signing is because it's been rumored, heavily rumored, and, and, and from, from good sources, that we had a, an agreement to sign Tammy Abraham prior to his injury. Now, Tammy Abraham and Nicola Zaniola played together um, on the same Roma team. So if you're scouting Nic- Tammy Abraham, you're not going to not notice Nicolas Zaniola. I've got this suspicion that potentially there was thoughts of, okay, we bring in Abraham and it's not that we were bringing in just because we brought in Abraham, but they, they liked the look of what they saw from him. They obviously knew he's got all this potential. And I think that he was always on the radar. That and the fact we were linked with him in January as well, which uh, to me is, is, is also a giveaway. So, When you boil those two pieces down, I don't think this is a panic signing of, oh, my God, who's available? We need to get somebody in. And the reason I don't don't think that as well is because there's weeks left in the transfer market. There's weeks left in the transfer market. And... And... and, and that to me negates the fact that it's a panic signing. Anyway, it's obviously yes we could have expedited this along along its track, and, and I think that the the evidence probably suggests that. But the due diligence was done in this player from a transfer point of view. You ha- I, I have to believe that, um, because the evidence points in that way. So I just wanted to I just wanted to talk about that as well because uh you know that's another little point that I I just wanted to um to to kind of bring up and discuss as well. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below as well because I I I, I do appreciate your thoughts too. Um, obviously Nima as uh, uh Nima is uh, was on the podcast with us and 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 he's entrenched in the Italian football, so his opinion is uh, as I say is is very well thought of and but what I got from him the most was the discussion in and around maybe the the perceived offfield situation with, um, uh, the perceived off-field situation with, uh, with Nicholas Zaniolo. Uh, he, he referenced the baby mama piece, which essentially the mother of his baby and, and, and him and, and another, there was another footballer involved and there was bad blood. There was animosity between him and another footballer. I think they played with Lazio. Um, and that made the headlines. And uh, there was other pieces, I think his mother, if you haven't come across his mother on, a, on Instagram, um, his, his mother is quite a presence on Instagram as well. His father being a former footballer as well. You know, so uh, it wasn't alien to him to be, I suppose, in that kind of celebrity lifestyle, that celebrity bubble. And when you're this young, golden player, for want of a better word, because he was, he was on a trajectory to the moon, as I've said this before, um, more highly thought of than Enrico Chiesa. Um, you know, he was part of that new golden generation that um, likes Siski Scamacca, and, and even though he's a small bit older than him, um, Sanjay Tannoli, uh, and like these guys have, have, have been earmarked to be a production line towards the Italian national team. And Saniolo was there, uh, only for injury, he was there and he got injured very young i think when you've gotten injured very young like that the temptation is you know to okay i'm i'm not going to be able to play for a year you get bored and and maybe you start going on instagram when you shouldn't and maybe you start uh, you know I, I i and and getting involved in conversations like that you know in a, in a public social um, aspect like that on, on social media when, when when you shouldn't or you know being photographed out with um you know, you've got all the money in the world, like, so you get photographed out with with different people. And, and you know, the ecosystem of celebrity begins to follow you around. Not saying I'm not, not making excuses for it or anything like that, but he without sin cast the first stone, I suppose, really. You know, if we were if any of us were in a situation like that and we were 20, 21 years of age. You know, maybe we would have situations like that. Just think of Jack. You know, Jack he hasn't been injured. He's been caught in situations there whereby he's enjoyed himself, you know, and it's not illegal to do that. But when you're injured and when you don't have the next Saturday or the next Sunday or, or, uh, you know, a couple of weeks in a row to have four or five really good games, it begins to become the narrative. That this guy's injured, yet he's been photographed out and he's another woman on his arm, or he's like he's consistently out, or you know, before you know it, the, the papers have oh he's bought a new car and he's uh, blah blah blah. You know, it's it's the 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 story grows no like new legs every single time. And Nima mentioned that uh the that there's like almost this ecosystem of celebrity within Rome that's, that's I suppose every big city has it, but he said it within Rome it becomes very, very um, claustrophobic at times uh, and, and there's no privacy. And arguably you could say that he has realized that he was in that situation and going to Turkey, going to right, to take himself out of that situation for six months was step one in realizing that that okay my career needs to re-begin again i have this talent and i do not want to waste it and he's gone to gone to galatasaray and now he's coming to birmingham and 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 while every single city has this kind of ecosystem of celebrity birmingham is not going to have it to the same degree as as rome because the simple fact is he's going to come here and he's i don't know if his english is any good Little bits and pieces like that. Yes, people will know who he is. He's six foot three. He's going to look like a footballer. He's going to, he's a good looking Italian man, you know, so people are going to notice him. But that ease of access to celebrity culture that that he would have had in Rome, that won't be on his doorstep. And you would have to think that that was something that was of consideration. Getting his light, getting his, his career back on track, and I'm willing to give anybody the benefit of the doubt that that's the situation. So when we think about the negatives that people have brought up about this player, and by by all means, I do not think that this is a surefire transfer. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna bring that in. I'm open to be to to say that you know this is a this is this is a seven out of ten, or maybe six and a half out of ten for uh, you know the sustainability of this transfer. I, I'm okay with saying that. But I like to try and be rational, and I like to try and see, right, these are the positives. The positives are if you can get this guy ticking, we have him on, on what's, what's been reported as a loan for a year with an, with an option to buy. If you can get this guy ticking, the talent is absolutely off the scale. The talent is off the scale with this guy. And if you don't get him ticking, well, then you don't have to sign him. That's the upside. That's why we're constant. That's why you know, like that's that's there for everybody to see. And I will always give somebody that 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 level level of the benefit of the doubt. The negatives we're discussing now about maybe the celebrity culture that he immersed himself within in Rome, the injuries, as we said, the medical piece, the fact that the fan base we're talking about this potentially be. Or I won't say the fan base, a portion, a small portion of portion of the fan base we're talking about this being a a panic signing. So I think it's all it, it it's good to discuss all about this, but. For me, I think he's come to the club that he needs to be at at this moment in time. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. There's something clubs he could be at that he needs to be at. But I think from the point of view of if you want to come, and I am going to sound like, you know, very almost bring out the cult um, mantra about Unai Emery here. But he's a professor. If you want to learn football, if you want to relearn football, if you want to... If you want somebody to try, maybe maybe identify areas whereby you can you can improve, Unai Emery would be one of the top managers that can do that. He's proven it. He's done it before, and he's worked with players like this. He's, he's time at Real. A lot of retreads in that team. A lot of retreads. Etting Kapu, Francis Cacalain. I will always go back to those. Danny Parejo. I will always go back to those three. They were his main men. All retreads. All retreads from the Premier League. Etting Kapu. Numerous teams: Cockerell, Arsenal, Danny Parejo had a season with uh, with, with um, QPR. Albeit he was very, very young. All retrades. Nicolas Zaniolo, twenty four years of age. It's not your typical retrade. It's got a lot more upside from the point of view that this guy has talent to burn. Yes, he may not have the skill, may not have the the speed that he had previously. But he's got talent to burn. If you can get him interested in football again, and if Aston Villa can get him interested in football again, and I firmly believe that we can get him interested in football again, well, then we've, we've got a player on our hands. As I say, I'm delighted he's signed. I'm delighted he's signed. I completely understand that there are a, a couple of pieces that people want to maybe want um, to be shown over the next four or five months. Uh, but I'm totally, totally of the opinion that this guy can show us uh, what he's made of, and rehabilitating himself here at Aston Villa, and that Aston Villa then want to sign him um, if he does, if he does perform very well. I do like the way that the that the. Um, I do like the 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 way that it's been reported. The deal has been been structured. I think that Aston Villa have have borne in mind, um, you know, the potential that this guy has, while also a tempering with the tempering it with the with the, with the obvious injury history that he's had. So we've given ourselves every chance to make this work, but we've also given ourselves an out if we need to uh, if we need to move move back from this towards the end of the year. So welcome aboard, Nicolas Zaniolo. I hope I will be chanting your name every single game that you play for Aston Villa. And I hope that you go down in the history books as one of Aston Villa's best ever signings and welcome to B6 and welcome to, welcome to Birmingham. And uh, I look forward to you scoring numerous, numerous goals. So that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for watching and thank you so much for listening. Going to leave you again and we will see you in the next time. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the Villa.